Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Wow. Welcome to the Abroad Japan podcast. <laughs> I'm Chris and I can sing a song. And uh, that's the opening to the podcast this week. Forgot yeah. on the way, I open it normally. It's time to pl- It's time to change the game. It's time to mix it's things up. It's time to change the game. It's t- you know what, game. Chris? I think it's time to turn up for a podcast recording absolutely knackered because you've just been working f- solidly for about three <laughs> weeks. I think that's, I think that's what time it is, to be quite frank, Chris. I thought Christmas is a time for celebration and holidays, relaxation, mm-hmm. and it has been the most busiest bloody month of my life doing so much. Like today, I've just done like a live stream with Tokyo Lens, two videos yeah. with Norm, did Trash Taste yesterday. I fucking I've just been running around with Connor doing the Wankasoba Noodle Challenge. I've been doing the 12 Days of Christmas. Natsuki came over and trashed my studio live in front of millions. <laughs> it's been a, you know, it's been a fun week, but I am battered and I'm annoyed because I was supposed to be in London right about now having some more mm. wine in front of a fire and then that's not happening. I'm in Japan. Um, yeah. Because of a I mean, Chris, virus. In, in many ways, um, that, that's what you think. That's what everyone thinks Christmas is going to be like. But Christmas is very much a time where relatives come round, trash your house, aka Natsuki in your set, uh, ruin your life, and uh, just piss you <laughs> off, basically. So I think in many ways, you've treated yourself to uh, a perfect Christmas by just staying well out of the whole uh, endeavour. <laughs> I, I don't know about that, Pete. I don't know about that. I, I you know, I. I feel like Japan is a country that you need to leave like every eight mm. months uh, yeah. because like Japan's one great big library and you've got to play by the rules. You've got to tone it down. <laughs> you've got to just, you know, you, you've always switched on in Japan, especially as a foreigner. Um, I, and like, it's just nice to get out for a bit. And now it's been two years almost. In fact, it has been two mm. years and God knows when I'll be out. I need, a, I need a break. I need to get out for a bit. I'm thinking of just like getting a VR headset putting like a London pub on it and just sitting there getting alone drunk in a room for like two hours and pretending I'm in the UK. That, the, that's, um, that's my Christmas. That's what I'm doing Christmas the, Day. A friend of a friend was involved in, a friend of my partner was, was uh, involved in the building of, um, do you remember the, the Getaway on the PlayStation? Oh, I love that um, game. It was, it was like was a, it? Was a, it? a... Remember, the kid dies. The, there's like a guy who kidnaps a man's kids and he's like you do anything right. wrong the kid dies you look left <laughs> you look right the kid dies you buy you eat a strawberry the kid dies and that's what i remember from the getaway i was very the, faithful uh, like that. of london 
yeah, yeah. So, so, so they did a one to. I mean, it wasn't one to one, but obviously it was placed. I was PlayStation Two. Um, mm. They did a, like a, mm. a fairly decent kind of version of the different areas of of London, including like weird places that yeah. don't really have a lot of architectural interest, like Soho, for example. Like, and 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 to try and dr- mm. drive a car quickly down Soho, it's a bit of a waste <laughs> of time, really, to build that part <laughs> of uh, London. But they did it, and I remember being very impressed by it. Um, and he was sort of saying that he. Uh, they obviously went on and built, is it Blood and Guns or something? Blood and something on the PlayStation VR. It was mm. a um, a London-based VR experience. Similar sort of um, okay. story, really, a kidnapping, I think. And, and, and there's a part where you're just in a London pub. And he was saying, though, that um, they went out and they did some kind of topographic rendering of, of Piccadilly Circus and stuff um, mm. about... Te- about what is it 20 years ago for the playstation uh annoyingly t- about 20 years ago it just always upsets me when i think about that um that and old. the same data they got like 20 years ago because the architecture doesn't really change it's just the facades and things get added yeah, yeah. they use that for the game 20 years later so they use the stuff they started in getaway ah. uh, 20 years later in, in in the game blood and diamonds or whatever the bloody hell it was called but um fundamentally you could just play that video game or even play the getaway <laughs> and just uh, you know get a bit of other oh, oh, wasn't there a watchdog london watchdog league yeah, what Watchdogs Legion, yeah. yeah. I didn't. I, pl- I watched a few playthroughs of it. It looked a little bit rubbish. I like the way, it, like, <laughs> you know, it didn't take itself too seriously. But I, other than that, it looked a bit, yeah, it looks a bit underwhelming. The thing is, the problem with video games set in the UK, whether it's the Getaway or Watchdogs or anything, is, no Jodies. There's never any well, Jodies. No, <laughs> Just no, everyone you know, talks like this. There's a reason we we haven't had GTA London right now. It'd just be really boring. Just be lots of fucking rain and grumpy people. Like <laughs> you know, GTA in America, Vice City, San Andreas. Mm. There's just so many more eccentric individuals in America. There's so much more action, excitement. Uh, a lot of Americans probably could disagree with me there, but like in the UK, it's just rain and disappointment and Boris Johnson and that's it's just there's not a, a good video game, is it? There's a guy. There's a guy on Twitter. People. Yeah, called uh, Dan Douglas, and he's uh, basically putting together a a load of Duke Nukem levels. Do you remember Duke Nukem? I and do. He's calling it Duke Smoochum, and he uh, oh and it's God. just basically it's basically like a, a Cold War Steve picture brought to life in the build engine from uh, Duke Nukem, and it's basically like Nigel Farage and Theresa May running through her <laughs> uh, fields of wheat, and, uh, and 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 all of like the political <laughs> stories from the past year, and Priuses. Dirty masks on the floor, graffiti, Captain Tom, uh, drone displays. It's all it's all like this proper horrible British bake off. Like everything he's put into the, uh, the, the 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 Duke Nukem video game from even later, even earlier than the, the PlayStation Two. I was talking about earlier on. He's he's done a lovely job, but he but basically satire keeps happening and shit things keep happening to england and britain and they just we just keep on hmm. we're just a we're just a country that will not stop shitting on us or on shoes and so like there's there's just a constant <laughs> stream of stories and images to put into this video game that he just cannot he can never end it can never end because we are constantly embarrassing ourselves on the world stage <laughs> you had me at Theresa may's fields mm. of wheat speech yeah that was so much fun for almost, those of you who don't know it seems like halcyon days really isn't it well <laughs> I, I mean what back. was that like that was like four years ago our prime minister yeah. Theresa may a woman that's just like a, a piece of wood there wasn't any like emotion there wasn't mm. any character uh someone asked her what's the naughtiest thing you've ever done 
And she went, oh gosh, oh, oh gosh. Well, I, I think I uh, ran through some fields of wheat as a, as a teenager. Well, it's much naughty. <laughs> well, I should ask you that question to Boris fucking Johnson. What's the naughtiest thing you've ever done? <laughs> oh, I don't know where to begin. <laughs> what did I do yesterday? <laughs> Fuck me. We've come yeah. a long way since those days. Um, we certainly have. We certainly but, have. But, uh, oh, the UK. <laughs> and that, and as, uh, you know, just talking about it now, just, I wish I was there at yeah, a pub talking about politics. Trust me, you no, don't. No, I don't. I don't. <laughs> we got a story this week from Kai from Denver. Uh, GTA Denver. Let's make it happen. Dear cool guy Chris and pretty boy Pete, my name's Kai and I live in Colorado. Oh. I like to share the story of when I made a fool of myself on Japanese television. When I was 23, I decided enough was enough, and I needed to go out, get some life experience. Being half Japanese, I looked for internships in Japan, and I ended up finding an internship in a tiny village called Wazuka. That's a really cool village. Wazuka. I might have exaggerated how that's pronounced. Um, apparently, Wazuka is known for its tea production. Uh, myself and several other interns from all over the world worked in the tea fields and gave uh, gave tours to tea enthusiasts. No, no fields of wheat there. No Theresa May. Uh, one day, a very sweet old Japanese man took us on the tour. He was extremely polite and didn't ask any questions. And at the end of the tour, he said in a very broken English, uh, he said if he could, he asked us if he could speak to our boss. Uh, nervous. We showed the old man to our boss's office. After about an hour, the old man and our boss came to the intern house, and our boss informed us that this old man owned a local inn, uh, and he was chosen for what I can only describe as a house makeover, but for businesses. It turned out that he desperately needed foreigners to pretend they were spending a holiday at this Nyokan, uh, and the entire event was going to be aired on one of Japan's biggest television stations. A few of us reluctantly agreed with the promise of free beer and sukiyaki beef. It turns out, uh, I knew immediately, sorry, upon arriving that this was a bit more intense than I thought it would be. Driving up, at least 10 vans surrounded the inn. Following the old man into the beautiful renovated New York Khan, we sat and waited. Ten minutes past thirty, an hour. The old man, realising we were getting bored, decided to bring out the free beer a little bit early. That was my first mistake. Not eating any lunch, I downed three beers pretty fast. And by the time I finished the last beer, the camera crew were ready to go. The host proceeded then to do a comedy sketch using paper cutout masks of Japanese celebrities and politicians. But all of us being foreign, every joke he made went over our heads. Of course it would. I mean, why did he assume anyone would know what this was? It was unbearably awkward with no one understanding the jokes and the host was visibly getting flustered. Being pretty drunk and uncomfortable, all I could do was laugh at the fever dream of situation. The host took this as a cue that I knew what he was saying and that I would become the comic relief of the situation, uh, the second mistake of the night. He forced a mask of some Japanese female celebrity into my hands and motioned for me to get up. I was so drunk and confused at the situation, continuing to laugh. I did the only thing I could think of. I put the mask on and danced like a monkey in front of the camera on live Japanese television. I did a little jig. I posed like a Power Ranger and I dabbed as well. Oh, no, not dabbing. After the hosts, the crew and other interns were done laughing at me, the hosts thanked me for being such a good sport. Shortly after, we finally got our hot pot. The episode aired a few weeks later and to my horror, they did a full reaction segment to my dance, (laughs) even adding funny noises and zooming in on my killer dance moves. Also, a quick shout out to my six-year-old Japanese father for showing me this channel and the podcast. Keep up the amazing work. Gents Kai from Denver in sunny and cold and snowy Colorado. Uh, that sounds like fun. 
Japanese TV at its <laughs> finest, right there. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> they should have at least, if he's going to do a lot of political satirical comedy, including masks and stuff, he should have at least put a little, I don't know, just a little light or just sort of learnt the word in English. That is the joke. <laughs> That's it. That is the joke. So everyone can laugh at the right time. If you don't understand the language, if you don't understand who we're talking about, you're not going to be able to laugh, surely. True. And, I mean, you'd be great on Japanese TV. You could just bash out, bash out a cheeky chigaimas, chigaimas every turn. And sorry, everyone. I just imagined like a studio of people just reacting to Pete Donaldson saying chigaimas fifty times. I in a think row. I'd be charming. I I think I might be charming in a foreign language. <laughs> for fantastic stuff. Thank you for that, Kai. Brilliant. Well done, Kai. Life, life goals. Getting on Japanese TV and dancing like a monkey. That is the one thing you've got to do when you come to Japan. Um, we've got some news about some narrow deer stampeding into a marathon and hitting Uh-oh. a runner. I, I don't know if that's interesting. What I think is interesting news is uh, something that happened today. I, what would you rather hear about? A deer hit, a, hit someone in a race? You know, well, that's not news. What I is mean, news, look- right? is McDonald's <laughs> faces a French fry shortage, doesn't it, Pete? McDonald's Japan it, running out of French fries. What's going on? That, that is true. Look, in the same way that... Uh, so so the new story about the, the deer right, is that there's there's a marathon, the Nara Marathon, held in Nara every December, and something's gone terribly wrong because the deer, probably not as many tourists as usual, they're, not, they're, they're, they're hungry. They've started running across the road right as the runners are running through the marathon, right? Now, I posit that that is a more uh, exciting and scary image. <laughs> but Chris, it's Chris instead. His fear very much comes from the point of view of a man who wants some McDonald's fries. There are no McDonald's fries anywhere in Japan, and they are having to ration them. What is this, Chris? It's like the war. It's awful, isn't it? We've heard of chip shortages throughout the year, right? Yeah. Old uh, Taiwanese companies can't ship the chips, whatever, uh, because the chips. Can't, I don't know what's going on there, but this is way more important. Another kind of chip is going extinct, <laughs> is uh, is short. Yeah, McDonald's is suffering a chip shortage due to a global supply chain crisis. Uh, and basically, you're not allowed, if you go into McDonald's, any McDonald's in Japan right now, you can't order a large portion of fries. <laughs> but could you get around it? Could you be like, well, I'll just have two medium I'll have two sized small ones, fries, yeah. Then. Yeah, life hacks <laughs> with the bra in Japan. I, uh, so basically, as a result, uh, the firm says that there's a delay of shipment of potatoes used that make French fries. And as a result, French fries in Japan will only be sold in small portions until the 30th of December. Um, and uh, they've also limited, oh shit, they've limited medium size as well. What, oh, no. what are they giving out then? Like a single chip, <laughs> a single fucking French fry. What, is it, what am I going to do? Customers will still be all, oh, here we go. Customers will still be able to order small size French fries at all of our restaurants. Uh, and that, <laughs> that's it. Well, just, I'll just order four though. I'll just go in the queue over and over. I'll get my four <laughs> portions of small fries. But this is, this, you know, McDonald's come, come has had a good with year. Like a little, Come back with a moustache. Hello. Uh, no, I'm not Chris Broad. I'm. <laughs> Stephen Chipsman. <laughs> I'll have to come back with ever more elaborate disguises as I yeah. work my way to the counter over and over. To be fair, in Sendai, there's about six branches of McDonald's, so I'll just get each one. Right. And, uh, I, to be fair, I, 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 you know, I, do, I do eat McDonald's, but I, uh, I don't think this is going to get in the way of my uh, 
my daily life. What I mean, it's been no. a bad year though. Like we had a shortage of fried chicken at Family Mart. Now a shortage of French fries at McDonald's. I'm gonna I'm gonna be a lot slimmer next month if this keeps happening. I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> My cholesterol's going to be good. What am I going to do, yeah. Pete? <laughs> You'll just have to drink cooking oil out of this. You know when they leave oh. cooking oil out in the street, those little those big drums? You're just going to have to just chow down on oh. that for a Christmas treat. The um, the What I like about this is the new story that you sent over was, uh, a ch- it said um, there's no fries, uh, and it's not because of the international semiconductor shortage. I was like, just say chip shortage, guys. I know you're the BBC, <laughs> but just say chip shortage. It's ideal. Everyone knows what the chip shortage is. Everyone knows there's a double meaning there. Get it together, guys. Get it together. <laughs> sort it out. Sort it out. Sort it out, lads. Dear, oh dear. Come on. As if... As if my Christmas couldn't get any bloody worse. First, I can't no. see my friends and family or have a mince pie. And now I can't have my French fries as well. Or I can only have a, Christmas. a, a marginally smaller portion of French fries. <laughs> and I, and I, worst of all, my, my, my plan for Christmas, there isn't one. I have nothing. I'm just kidding. Like, <laughs> my family are like, oh, we're, yeah, we're going to have like a, a, the roast turkey the size of Bolivia. And we're going to have mm. Yorkshire puddings and sausages and bacon and excitement. What are you going to have, Chris? Is my Christmas is going to be me like with a bucket of frozen peas, an extra small <laughs> portion of like French fries and like a bit of ham. Imagine if, imagine if your mum and dad, imagine if your mum and dad did actually say that. Just sort of going, yeah, we're going to have this. We're going to have this and we're going to have this. We're going to have loads of Yorkshire puddings. What are you going to have? I'm almost certain that's not how that conversation went. You, it is. They it would never is. say that. Right? They, <laughs> because that, I was coming back, because I was coming back originally, uh, they ordered like the best turkey ever ah, from Marks and Spencer's or something. Lovely. As a super-sized turkey. And now I don't get to have that. And we don't get turkey in Japan, right? Turkey here is like non-existent, which is why KFC Christmas, we have a chicken instead. But because I wasn't going to be here, I didn't even order a KFC Christmas bucket. God forbid. <laughs> Absolute right off of a Christmas. I might just stream my Christmas day and it'd be really depressing. Me in the oh, studio Chris. with a small portion of French fries crying in the corner. Do you want to see that, Pete? Uh, yes, I would that. like to see that, but uh, I, right. I, I don't think the internet. Needs, I don't think the internet needs to see it. <laughs> no, don't think they do. We'll be back with your stories and questions in the fax machine in just a moment, guys. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, Hello Fresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. 
Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. We're not fucking historians is the show all about Irish history, where Shane Todd and Hazel Hayes bring you a few facts and plenty of crack. This month saw their most important episode yet, the history of Ireland's favourite malty beverage. That's where he's got the brewery, St. James's Gate. He took out a 9,000-year lease. In the year 10,000, that's going to be a sad day for Guinness when they're booted out. <laughs> 10,759 AD. Heineken just come in and go, finally we've got it. <laughs> On Tuesday, they're reflecting on their own festive traditions and a few things you might not know about the Emerald Isle's Christmas connections. There is apparently mounting evidence that St Nicholas of Myra, who inspired the legend of Santa, is buried in County Kilkenny. It's actually on private land, so they don't allow visitors. Don't, I don't think it's a great one to sell the kids. Can we go to Disneyland? <laughs> no, come on, I'll take you to where Santa's buried. <laughs> So come on in and get involved. Search We're Not Historians. That's We're Not Historians wherever you get your podcasts. We're Not Fucking Historians is a stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. And we're back with the fax machine. What have we got this week from our listeners, Mr. Donaldson? We got a message from the almost alliterative Anthony from Iowa. Your studio has made headlines on the news now. I'm so happy to have watched you all of these years for you to get the recognition you deserve. When you are in the studio, do you muse or reflect on the actions you think were key in bringing you to that very place? If so, what would you say would have been the key points in your life to be as successful as you are? Love the podcast and YouTube channel. This is like some kind of TED Talk interview for Chris Broad. What do you think is uh, the most uh, successful uh, aspect? What was the real uh, jump-off point? for you what was the fork in the road that took, brought you to uh, such success and Whoa, d- millions etc <laughs> just seeing trash taste studio and being like wow i need to get one <laughs> connor no, being uh, a bit silly yeah connor connor being i'll annoying. show you connor um, <laughs> connor showing me his uh his recording studio in his apartment and being like look at this chris it's great and i was like i'll show you <laughs> <laughs> that didn't happen to be fair i had the uh, the studio was being built in a room while his wasn't even ready to go. But uh, yeah. I, I think, you know, I do sit here sometimes. And I'm like, this is like the next level, right? Because until now, I've just filmed in my apartment. I've just sat and edited mm. in my apartment. Now I can have friends here. Now, you know, the studio is on the map. PewDiePie called me a son of a bitch because he was jealous after he saw it. Yeah. It's been in the Japan <laughs> Times. I hold here a physical copy of the japan times listen that's the japan times oh. and they described me as affable in the japan times affable <laughs> abroad in japan am i affable pete um yes was affable was, was it affable. affable affable 
Affable Chris. <sighs> I mean, yeah, I mean I'll take it over effable, but I mean, yeah, I don't know what the... <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I think you're fairly affable uh, on, on a good day. Excellent. I'm affable. Someone can aff you. I want that. <laughs> I'll put that on my CV. I'm an affable and great team worker. Blah, 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 communication skills. That's what everyone writes on their CV. <laughs> I used to have a job where I read CVs and everyone's CV, they have the, the same opening paragraph. I'm a great communicator. <laughs> I'm a great team worker. I work in a team. I can communicate. But not many people, I can count on one hand how many people refer to themselves as affable. So put that on your CV. Um, no, you I, in terms of, no, I do sit in the studio and I'm like, how has this happened? Why have I done this? Um, <laughs> in a good way though, in a good way, not in a, a guilty way, like I've committed war crimes. I'm, I'm happy. I'm glad. And I think it's a sort of 10 year process to get to this point. Um, I'll have to talk about it in an, on another day when I'm in a good mood uh, because I'm not in a good mood. Now we've got one from Stephanie. He says, hi, Chris and Pete, my name. It's Stephanie, and I'm a grade 10 student from Vancouver, Canada. My random question is for Chris and not Pete. If you ever to pick one memory from your nine years in Japan to remember, but forget everything else about your time in Japan, which memory would you keep? Thanks for the effort you put into your content, Stephanie, and not Pete. Um, (laughs) (laughs) She didn't say any of that. Outrageous. She said said question for Chris. She didn't write not Pete. (laughs) I just wanted to to be mean. Um, Mean. I mean, I've had some good experiences. I've had lots of, you know, I, 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 this is a difficult bloody question, Stephanie. <laughs> um, you know, I, I honestly think the happiest stuff I've ever been here was when I first started out, probably in my first three years when I was still soaking in Japan. It seemed like a very exciting country. I didn't know my way around. It was sort of when you start uh, a video game, right? and you get put in one corner of the map, and you're like, wow, I can't wait to explore the map. It was a bit like that. And I think it was just sitting in a yakitori restaurant, a grilled meat, grilled sort of chicken restaurant with Natsuki in one of our first encounters when him and I used to meet up and sort of exchange Japanese and English respectively. It was something really Mm. cool about making an actual, like, real, true Japanese friend and speaking Japanese and just hanging out with him every Thursday, having a nice meal, having a drink. That that is a memory I always go back to, you know. And I, you know, I saw Natsuki over the weekend. We did a live show and uh, went out for dinner afterwards. And I'm just very grateful that uh, we're still as good friends now as we were back then. And uh, he's been able to come on this journey with me. So yeah, I guess sitting there every Thursday evening after a long day teaching students how to pronounce words like in- inconsequential, it was great to just sit there <laughs> at a yakitori restaurant with Natsuki, slowly drinking. And I smoked a lot back then. I don't smoke now. I hate it. But back then it was nice. That was it. That was the memory. That's what I would keep there, Stephanie. That memory. You, Even more than meeting Ken Watanabe or Hyde or climbing Mount Fuji <laughs> or cycling 2,000 kilometers or going to every prefecture or eating some noodles with Connor. That is the memory. That's yeah. what I would turn to every time. You, you've never you, you've never sort of, um, when you're with Natsuki and in J- Japan in general, where people are smoking, like chain smoking all of the time, you never sort of feel yeah. like um, sort of getting back on the horse? You've kind of just completely you've, you've said goodbye to that part of your life? I mean, I... I, it's it's weird. I I started smoking sort of around university. I wouldn't never. I would never call myself a heavy smoker. Mm. You know, I I was a recreational right. social, social smoking guy. I, I so right. I, there was a phase when yeah, I yeah. started out here that I did smoke alone at times, and that's when you know you're on the pathway mm. to addiction when you just do it alone. <laughs> but it was it was a part of my life. Then I was very stressed and anxious a lot of the time, and 
having a drink, having a cigarette, chilling out with Natsuki or my work colleagues who also all smoked. Mm. It just, it was part of the, my way of life, I guess. But I mm. never, you know, I had a cigarette earlier this year for the first time in a while and I didn't really mm. enjoy it. And I, I sort of understood why I'd stopped, you know, I, I don't enjoy it yeah. now. And these days, Japan's very different. You, you can't smoke indoors as easily as you could back then. Back then, it was mm. crazy. You could smoke in every building. Um, and I, I'm kind of glad you can't now because it, it does sort of spoil the smell of every restaurant and every bar you go in if it smells of smoke, right? Um, unfortunately, mm. Natsuki still hasn't quit though. And uh, that's something we should try and tackle next year, I think, before he turns 50 uh, in the next year or two. It's the target for 2022. Well, there you go. Fantastic stuff. Yeah, we're in. Um, I would say that uh, I'm going to drop in my uh, favorite time. One of my memories from my nine or ten trips. Uh, well, Pete, the question was specifically asked to me, mate. I don't. I don't know if you. And can. it was. Oh, and it was meeting Chris Broad uh, at the Fox. Oh Park. fuck! You know. <laughs> oh, meeting up with Chris and him picking me up in his car and driving to a fox park. <laughs> fox Village. Yeah. Iconic Fox Village. Just looked a lot of foxes, really. And then we got uh, Chris um, in trouble with the law. Just a great day all round, to be quite Arrested, frank. Arrested, yeah. <laughs> what a great day that was, yeah. Uh, oh, indeed. man. Uh, got a message from Jonathan. Hello, Jonathan. Dear Chris and Pete, greetings from the terribly hot Malaysia. I have a Japanese friend who recently told me that Japan considers the start of the year to be in April. I was aware that Japanese schools and companies' financial years start during this period, but I was really surprised that she told me uh, they count the ages of people as part of this system as well. She's a year older than me, but because both of our birthdays were before April, we're technically the same age. Is this something that's actually followed by Japanese people? Like, seriously? Thanks and keep it the great work. Uh, Jonathan, is there a weird dual date system? Yeah, there is. And I, I, oh. I'll be blunt. I, I've never really wrapped my head around it, right? I think right. Natsuki's 48, but before, or, or when he was 47... He, he would refer to himself as 48, even though he hadn't turned mm. 48. They are a bit odd sometimes. I, I, I don't really understand it. I think people tell you the age they're going to become in in that year rather than how old they mm. actually are. So I've always got confused about that. Uh, in school, like the school year in Japan ends in sort of March and kicks off in April compared to most other places in the world where it's August, September. And that's one mm. definite note, like definite, Notable difference. Um, but yeah, they, they're, they're a bit odd when it comes to birthdays here. It always confuses me. Uh, mm. Maybe it's just nasty. Maybe it's just weird telling me his age. Uh, but uh, <laughs> no, they, they, there, is a, there is a system here. They, they sort of tell you, when you're like, how old are you? They'll tell you their age, even though they haven't turned that age yet. And that can yeah. be quite confusing. I don't know if it's a traditional and, thing or, or what, yeah. but it's and, and very confusing. And also when you see, well, I was in a taxi once and there was this guy who was like absolutely ancient looking and we were trying mm. to figure out how old he was and his and his date card uh, said, you know, I was born uh, such and such a time. And it was, mm. it, it. I didn't realise that it included whatever era it was. So it was like so many years in the, uh, you know, Showa or whatever, you know, whatever era it was. Like, I, I can't remember what era it actually was, but it meant he was actually younger than I thought he was. I thought, I thought his card said ah. that he was ninety-two or something, but he was actually only seventy-two. And it's weird how they write the, the their date of birth. They write, they involve the era of the time, the the uh, the, the the emperor. Oh, is so that a word? The 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 emperor uh, age with it as well. It's confusing. Yeah. Very confusing. So, for, so for example, 
oh god what what am i i think i'm heisei ninen so uh the showa emperor emperor showa uh, died in 1989, I think. Mm. So I was born, or was it 1988? I All I know is I think I'm Heisei 2. Uh, I was born in 1990. Right. So I was born two years into the Heisei era with the next I emperor. See, right. And now we've got yeah. a new one. We've got Lewa, uh, which kicked off, I think, what, three years ago now. So, you know, if you're born now, you'd be born, they were like third year, fourth year. So it is confusing. And <laughs> a little bit counterproductive, and it takes yeah. years to wrap your head around. But I think it's kind of nice. I think it's cool that it's, it's kind of <laughs> cool that Japan does sort of hold on to those traditions. I think that's it's it's those sort of things that you're like, oh, it's just so inconvenient. But you're also <laughs> it's what makes Japan Japan. It makes what makes it such interesting yeah. culture that they've managed to hold on to such things uh, and not been completely rolled over and uh, trampled on by Western Western thinking, Western culture. So double-edged yeah. sword there, but pretty cool. <laughs> and I, yeah, I, mean, I think I'm Heisei Ninen. I will check that out. I'll look it up. Keep the mm. stories, questions, comments coming in to Abroad in Japan podcast at gmail.com. I think it's Christmas on Saturday, isn't oh, it? And this podcast yeah, coming out when? Before or after Christmas? Uh, it's coming out. Uh, uh, yes, the, uh, yes, this comes out on this comes out on Boxing Day. So if you've had a good, oh my god, uh, Christmas, well done you. Well done, guys. I hope you had a great Christmas. <laughs> uh, we, we're keeping it a little bit short this week, just because it is Christmas, and you should yeah. be unwrapping your remote control toy cars and your Harry Potter wands and toys. <laughs> um, but have a great Christmas. I hope you have a lovely Boxing yeah. Day. And we'll be back later in the week, still over again, right here on the Abroad in Japan podcast. Bye for now, guys, and a very Merry Christmas on behalf of myself and Mr. Dolson. Japan is a stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.